This is the NH Experience. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because now. No retirement in my future. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on the planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great start to the brand new week. And just like Tom Brady, we are nowhere near retirement ourselves. <laughs> yes, we are back with a brand new episode like Akon's Hairline. Ooh. Nick Hamilton, <laughs> from the red carpet to the radio, Ari Rose, and producer extraordinaire, Jake Warner. What's going on, y'all? Man, it's been a week, a crazy weekend, a fun weekend, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be back in the studio, you know, getting it on. Radio wise, with you, my friend, and uh, it's been crazy. It's just been wild, man. Busy, just busy. Yeah, I can I can <laughs> attest to that myself. There's a few <laughs> things we have on the docket to get into. Oh yeah, this week. So let's go ahead and let's get it popping. If it's going on in the world of sports and entertainment, you know Nick Hamilton is going to speak on it. It's time to get it popping. All right, now speaking of Tom Brady. He is not having the best season. No. Why are you returning to the game that don't love you? The <laughs> game don't love you. You can't be like money making Mitch. I love the game. <laughs> That's what I do, dog. <laughs> I love the game. The game don't love you back, Tom. No, it doesn't. Because you got too much going on. You got this massive divorce you're dealing with with Giselle. You got to worry about these kids. You got child support payments on the way. <laughs> you got upcoming marriage payments coming up. Ooh, the alimony is going to kick his ass, bro. Ugh. And then on top of that, you got 300 plus pound linemen charging at you like bulls out of a chute. <laughs> and the Carolina Panthers were no different. Now, the Carolina Panthers aren't the most impressive team in the NFL. They're probably one of the most sorry, probably the sorriest team, <laughs> I should say, in the league. And yet the Carolina Panthers looked like the 2015 Carolina Panthers when they had Cam Newton at right? the helm heading to the Super Bowl <laughs> because they plummeted, they plotted, they plundered, and they annihilated the GOAT known as Tom Brady, mm. where the Tampa Bay Bucks would manage to score three points, and that wasn't until the middle of the fourth quarter. Damn. They were the Krispy Kreme Award winners for three and a half quarters. <laughs> they could not score a point. And Tom Brady was sacked for a loss for 12 yards. Mm. No touchdowns. I believe he had, he threw for over 200 yards. And the thing about Tom Brady is, why are you back? You are the oldest guy. What What is left for Tom Brady to accomplish? Can someone inform me what is left for him to accomplish? He got destroyed. He's gonna. It's going to get even worse as the season progresses. You sacrificed... You'll marry somebody who's going to be wiping a drool from your mouth when you get 50 or 60 years old <laughs> and you and, and God forbid you turn into a damn vegetable because you've been racked up so many times. What is the purpose? Please help me. Help me. Please help me understand what the hell's Tom Brady. What the hell Tom I, Brady's thinking? I, I, I think I have an answer for you, Nick. And here's the thing. It's plain. I, and, it's plain and simple, my man. This guy, his whole life was football. Okay. To the point where he sacrificed his marriage for it. Now, he's lost her. They've got divorce attorneys and all that stuff going on. He has to, this is all he has left. So he, he's going to keep playing. But if you looked at that presser, and, and I know you did, and I did, the weight of the world is on his face, okay? And him saying that I don't plan on retiring anytime soon, I think that's more uh, of a shot to his now about to be ex-wife than anybody else, okay? We can start seeing the diminishing skills on Tom Brady. He's starting to age. He's starting to, you know, diminish in his skills. And a divorce will take a toll on you. And it looks like it. Not to mention, this team is not going anywhere. They'd be lucky to make the damn playoffs this year. He's playing to save face now because he lost everything. This is all he has left. And you know what's sad? And I made it. I didn't mean I have to make a correction. Tom Brady was sacked once for 14 yards, threw for over two, uh, threw for 290 yards. Ah. The person who loses out on all of this, it's not Tom Brady's kids, it's not Giselle, it's not Tom Brady per se. 
even though he's going to lose quite a bit. Oh, he is. He's about to. <laughs> it's head coach Ty Bowles. Yes. Because once again, Ty Bowles finds himself in a losing situation. Yep. We saw that what happened with the Jets. He was he was ultimately fired from the Jets. Bruce Arians found found him, brought him to the fold as a defensive coordinator, who I think he's an excellent defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And then he graduated to the back into the head coaching position. And now they're currently set at three and four. Mm. And like you said, on the brink of either a wild card or not making the playoffs at all. Yeah. And I'm leaning towards the latter. <laughs> I'm just saying. I tell you, well, listen, <laughs> recently we knew that the San Francisco 49ers oh. who acquired Christian McCaffrey for a bunch of draft picks, a Rolls Royce, and a bag of Doritos. <laughs> From Costco. <laughs> and the 49ers gave up a lot to get Christian McCaffrey, who's been notably quote unquote injury prone throughout his career. Now, when he's healthy, he's he's a premier, he's a premier running back. Absolutely. Off the top. No doubt about it. And it's gonna take a lot, it should take some pressure off of Debo Samuels at that running back position. If he's healthy. And I understand. Though. Right. <laughs> That's the thing. And I understand. And I understand why they did it because the 49ers are going all in because they have to because they know this is the final year of Jimmy Garoppolo being at quarterback Mm -hmm. because they know next year Trey Lance is coming in and Trey Lance is going to take his bumps and bruises like we saw early on in the year before unfortunately he got injured and was done for the season. So they have to cash in right now. If they're going to go back to the Super Bowl and they're going to try to go for a ring, this is the time to do it. So I understand why I know some there was some 49er fans and even some fans in football period were trying to was were scratching their heads saying why did the 49ers give up so much for a guy that's normally injury prone like Christian McCaffrey but you got to understand the John Lynch and the 49ers mentality they're like look man we this is all we have we yeah. only have this year we can't guarantee what's going to happen next year and that's if Jimmy G can stay healthy throughout the entire season right that's banking upon that right right so they're banking upon that. They're banking upon George Kittle staying healthy. And they, and they welcome to town the Kansas City Chiefs, who recently came off an L against the Buffalo Bills. And had an attitude. So, attitude. Oh, Big man. Time. They were, they <laughs> Chip were on the shoulder. Pissed. They were pissed off like union workers who didn't get a new contract. <laughs> and they showed why they were pissed off. And they came into Levi Stadium and ran and they and ran rampant. They came from behind because I believe it was yeah. what 10 nothing. Yeah. And they came from behind. And Patrick Mahomes is not a dude that you want to leave behind no. and give him any kind of momentum and any kind of room to continue to spread the ball around and keep the chains moving. And that's one thing the magic about Patrick Mahomes. People can say what they want about Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes is a winner. He's a Super Bowl champion. He, he he's been to the Super Bowl twice. Mm-hmm. Um and many people think that he could possibly return to the Super Bowl this year. I mean, he's def- the, the Kansas City Chiefs are a definite contender. Do I think they can beat the Buffalo Bills when it's time for them to beat the, beat the Bills? No, no, not at all. Do I think they'll make it a competitive game? Absolutely. But to me, the one thing that's missing from the Kansas City Chiefs, his name is Tyreek Hill. He's now in South Beach. Absolutely. I think he they miss him more than they want to admit, you know. It's like, oh, you know, my girl left me, but I didn't want her anyway. It's kind of like how they're acting, but they secretly miss their girl. You know, they miss Hill. You know, because he's popping a- up in the DMs. <laughs> exactly. You know, he's a big playmaker, and he, he made a lot of great plays. Uh, you know, and they're missing him. They're missing that big play wide receiver. But because they're so good, Mahomes is a future Hall of Famer. They're gonna be just fine. They're just going through their bumps and their bruises and taking their lumps because they got to readjust from how they how they used to be with Hill in, in, in the offense. So, nonetheless, they do miss him, but I don't worry about the Chiefs. I don't worry about the Chiefs. No, because they're, they're one of the top two teams in the AFC that can Absolutely. actually get back to the Super Bowl, as at least be in the AFC Championship along with the yeah. Buffalo Bills. I mean, even though Travis Kelsey didn't have a touchdown on Sunday, even though he had six receptions for 98 yards, Patrick Mahomes – uh, you know, it was 25 for 34, mm-hmm. threw for over 400 yards, uh, three TDs, typical Patrick Mahomes type of game. Of course. Uh, when it when it comes to just being making sure they move the chains. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are now five and two. Uh, I know let yes, uh, excuse me, Sunday's loss helped the Rams out, uh, because now yeah. the, the Niners <laughs> go back behind the Rams, but 
Now they have to worry about if you're the Rams, you got to worry about a pissed off traveling San Francisco 49ers yes. team that you're going to face with all your bumps and bruises on the O-line and uh, trying to figure out how to get a win at SoFi Stadium. So that's going to be interesting this coming Sunday. Also, the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Now, was it any <laughs> was it any surprise that the Cowboys were going to destroy the De- the Detroit Lions? No. Even, even though even though Dak is back, uh, we saw the the, the 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 things that Cooper Rush were able to accomplish, the wins that he accumulated under his belt in the absence of Dak, who was injured. Does do the Cowboys have enough to win the NFC East? And I say, and I say no. I think you still have to contend with the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, I think yes. are a legit team. They're very the Philadelphia legit. Eagles are legit, and I don't still don't understand why we're so focused on Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Even though I love, I love CD Lamb. I think CD Lamb is going to be a complete X factor for the Dallas Cowboys this year, especially. And I love that Cowboys defense. Mm-hmm. That Cowboys defense is absolutely special. Michael Parsons and those boys are absolutely special. And I think that Cowboys defense, even though we didn't see that it wasn't a true test on Sunday against the Lions, yeah. but as they continue to move ahead in the schedule, you're going to see that defense rise. And I think that defense is going to actually help win more ball games than the offense will, because I still don't fully trust Dak Prescott under center. Um, not even just about a health situation, but just the fact of can he move the chains enough to get the ball in the red zone and get them in the end zone to score. That's going to be the issue for me. I think you could. I think people are really overlooking the the, the quality of the Philadelphia Eagles, especially that offense, yeah. especially Jalen Hurts, um, as he continues to grow under center as well. And I'm still picking the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC least, unless <laughs> wow, um, <laughs> unless um, they just completely collapse near the end. I don't see that. Like I said last week, man, Philadelphia, they're playing for each other. They're having a good time doing it. And I don't see the Dallas Cowboys making any kind of noise as far as winning the NFC least, as you call it. Um, There's always going to be that underlying controversy in Dallas. As soon as Dak has a bad game, everyone's going to want to pull him because they know they have a capable backup that can lead them to the promised land. So keep that in mind. You know, some people play better when they're pressured. Some people don't play good when they know their job's on the line and the guy behind them knows what the hell they're doing. So I think that controversy, along with some other deficiencies that the Cowboys have, are going to prevent them from winning the NFC East. And I think the Eagles are true blue and they're going to do the damn thing. Well, it's amazing to see what's going to transpire. I mean, I think this the Cowboys are always going to be a topic of conversation because they're the most they they are the one of the most famous franchises in all the sports. And the thing about it is, they yes. are intriguing because Jerry Jones is the most polarizing figure the Cowboys have, and yes. he doesn't even suit up. He doesn't <laughs> have any pass. He just calls the shots. He directs traffic. Yes. And when I I remember just being at at, at SoFi. And how many fans were surrounding Jerry Jones just to get an autograph yeah. as if he just got through playing and throwing the game winning <laughs> touchdown on the field. That's how polarizing Jerry Jones is and how he's the ultimate. That's why I tell people all the time, say what you want about Jerry Jones, mm-hmm. but Jerry Jones is the ultimate marketer. He's yes. the ultimate provocateur when it comes to promoting the Cowboys. And he will, he will even if it's raining, thunder and lightning he will make it seem like it's sunshine and there's nothing but sweat on your brow it's not really rain that's how good of a salesman he is he i I swear to god i think he read some iceberg slim books back in the day because he spent so much good game to these cowboy fans and they just eat it up like nobody's business that's what that's what he does though i mean i've met the man personally three times Almost made me a Cowboys fan. He's so convincing. I mean, it won't happen, but he's that convincing. He's that smooth. <laughs> and this is why Cowboy fans are so damn annoying. Yes. Because they swear <laughs> up and down. The Cowboys could go, they could go, what, 6-11 and 11 yep. <laughs> for the rest of the season. And they will swear to God, next season is their year to make the Super Bowl. Or they'll even, ain't seen it <laughs> or they even have a chance they, at 6-11 to still make the playoffs. <laughs> And the thing about it is, they ain't seen the two. They ain't seen the Super Bowl since All Eyes on Me was released in '96. <laughs> and I'll keep saying it. Oh my god! <laughs> I'll keep saying it. All right, y'all. Coming up on the other side of the break, we have a very special guest. 
We have a chat with Bally Sports' own Serena Morales. We'll talk about her journey, being a woman in media, and all the things that she's accomplished and continuing to accomplish. And uh, we'll get her take on uh, her hometown team. You definitely want to stick around. You're checking out the NH Experience here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Keep it locked. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lowen. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker Every What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to the NH Experience here on SiriusXM, Slam Radio 145. Make sure you hit me up on Twitter at NickHamilton213 as well as Instagram at NickHamiltonLA. You can also check out my man Jake Warner on all social media platforms at Big Brother Jake as well as Ari Rose at I am Ari Rose. Now, we have a very special guest in the house. I would be remiss if I didn't give her the proper <laughs> introduction that she is definitely earned and deserved. You can catch her every day on Bally Sports across the Bally Sports platforms. You also seen her on previous spots such as ESPN. She was also the the team reporter and host of the LA Rams podcast for several years. And now she is all over the platform. You've seen her at the Super Bowl. She's covered Major League Baseball. She's covered the NBA. And she's gracious enough to join us straight from the BX. Let's go. Let's do this. Serena Morales. What's going on, Serena? My mom, I got to tell you, because my mom still holds it down in the Bronx. And now I live in L.A. in the Valley. And she's like, what in the world is my daughter doing? A Valley girl from the Bronx. So I'm just adding a little flavor out here, Nick. As you should. (laughs) As you should. Now, I want to get into because we oftentimes we see and we and, and I love seeing more and more women be represented in the media spaces on the airway, especially women of color, uh, black women, Latina women, you know, Asian, Pacific Islander, whoever it may be. But for you specifically, what got you in the media? At what point did you realize, OK, this is the lane I want to travel in when it comes to building my career and being a part uh, of media and primarily sports media? <laughs> Honestly, y'all, it shouldn't have happened. Like this, this whole, <laughs> my whole journey, every single person's like, I'm sorry, you didn't come to this party. I'm like wedding crashers, like trying to get in, <laughs> fit in. And then they're like, well, just stay, you know, we just stay. You're here already. Like I go back to growing up in the Bronx and I fell in love with baseball at that point. You know, I was pre Derek Jeter fandom of the Yankees, but like, as they started winning with Jeter, like my favorite baseball players, Bernie Williams, I live nearby the stadium. My pops will be like, here's five bucks. Go sit in the bleachers and leave me alone. I'll pick you up after the game. I loved, loved baseball. And so I got into sports just naturally because, you know, my dad's Puerto Rican, my mom's Colombian. My dad wanted a son to play baseball and he had two daughters. So it was like one or two and it was two. So I played baseball. I played against Danny Almonte um, in the Bronx. I played baseball until I was 18 years old. I broke this finger three times. I have a steel pin in my in my right index finger now. Um, doesn't affect me at airports, so it's okay. But no, I mean, at the end of the day, I loved baseball, and my you know I played basketball. It was just this was my my identity, and 
you know, there were always these points, you know, my, my, I grew up in a one bedroom apartment. There were four of us in the Bronx. And there were these moments where, you know, you watch TV and you see the rest of America living very differently from you. And, you know, one of those moments was like Fisher Price having like a swing and in a backyard. And I tell my pops, I'm like, well, I want to swing. And, you know, like you go to the park, these swings, you know, fall mm. off. They're all iron. You're probably taking in all sorts of asbestos. And, you know, I was like, man, I want a Fisher Price swing. And my pops, he hung up uh, one of the, it was the yet red, red, yellow, and blue Fisher Price plastic swing. He hung it up in the hallway of our one bedroom apartment. <laughs> and I just always think of like this, the little things that my parents did to make me feel normal. So, all that to say, that was, I was like in a little bubble. I decided to go to Syracuse University, not knowing they had one of the best journalism schools in the world, not understanding that this was going to change my life dramatically in ways that were both good and bad. And I go there against my parents' will, because they're like, why are you going over there? You're always cold in New York City. Now you want to go to some place that's more cold. It's far away. <laughs> go to a public school. Go to, you know, SUNY, CUNY, whatever. I'm like, no, I'm going to Syracuse. And the only reason I even thought of going to Syracuse is because they won the basketball championship the year before. <laughs> it was the hardest year to get into freaking Syracuse. And this chick over here applied like a knuckahead. And I get in and I'm like, oh, I got to go here. So I go and that's it. And that was like the only reason I didn't even get into Newhouse when I applied. I went to a different school and I transferred. So then I get to Syracuse and there's a chick from the Bronx. I'm rocking my hoop earrings. I've got so much hair gel in my hair. I'm not sure I even have air under there. And I've got my North Facebook bag and my Tim's and I'm walking around freezing and I do not fit in. Like this is, we are not fitting in well. And I have a New York accent. I sound like you know, Rosie Perez and Jennifer Lopez and a little bit of Cardi B. That ain't bad. That's kind of that's kind of hot. That's kind of hot, Serena. That ain't bad. Especially as West Coast cats, and we like that out here. Yeah, we, we <laughs> brothers brothers dig that. I'm just, oh, yeah. I'm just gonna be honest. No, oh, yeah, I'm well, sorry. I appreciate that. What is Bob? No, there were no brothers in Newhouse at that point. It was just me and Sinway Mendoza. Uh, remember him, Mexican mm -hmm. from from Chicago. And I got to tell you, there were like really no one at, at, at Newhouse. I transferred in. I had professors tell me, yo, your writing isn't good enough to be here. I had people give me voice lessons, like professors take the time to give me voice lessons. I had to cut my hair. I mean, my hair's short now, but I was asked to cut my hair because they were like, yo, as a, uh, as a reporter, they're not going to take you seriously with long hair. I'll tell you one thing. You, cut, you ask a Latina to cut her hair? That is a point of pride. And my, I cut my hair short because I was trying to assimilate so bad. I was trying to fit into this school so badly. And I did. And I succeeded. But I also felt very whitewashed. And it, it was a struggle for me. But I cried. Like, I remember going home for holidays on the Bronx, uh, like, subway. Like, and I'm just like, this is not what I should be doing. What am I doing? But I'm stubborn. I have too much pride. And I was like, screw this. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to show everyone I belong here. And that was honestly the only freaking reason I stayed because I was like, well, what else am I supposed to do now? <laughs> so I just kept going and I didn't end up getting really my feet wet into sports and journalism like that until ESPN picked me up. So my my foundation of my career really started at the highest level. Now I'm sort of trying to like I took the elevator back down because I was like, oh, I missed all these floors. Let me get let me see what I was missing over here. But it's been a struggle. I honestly don't always feel like I should be doing this still. <laughs> you know, you you mentioned. I mean, how did how did you deal with that mentally? How did you? I know you talked about your, your your stubbornness, which elevated your pursuit to continue on in that lane. But mentally, how did you how did you balance that out and not go insane and not go crazy and just completely lose it? Because, like you said, you you felt like in essence you were losing a piece of yourself because, like you said, you felt whitewashed. You were losing who you were as a person because they want you to make all these changes voices mm -hmm. uh you know look persona things of that nature that uh also that you hear stories about other women of color having to go through that so how did you maintain getting through that and then maintaining and finding who you are as the individual and, and representing you know latinas and women of color across the board when you got the opportunity you know 
I would say I am maintaining uh like crazy. Like it's just like sort of like we're maintaining. I mean, I I'll cry on a regular basis. Like I'm just like, oh man, this is I've gotten better at I think feeling more comfortable. Um, who was I talking to recently? Uh, you know, after uh Hispanic Heritage Month, just you know, wrapping up here, there's been mm -hmm. a lot of I follow like you know, somos and you know, some of like little Instagram um mm -hmm. accounts that you know I kind of relate to more. And, you know, they always have these, there's these moments in my life and I've seen it. America Ferreira did a, a TED talk. Uh, my mom mm. sent me, she was like, this is you, Morales, this is you. And um, she talks about not being Latina enough for people. Like she would apply, mm. she would audition for whatever show or movie and it would be the chola, it would be, you know, another thing. And the, the moments that she ended up succeeding in, like Ugly Betty, that's who she really was, right? So it's funny because it's like people sell, tell me, oh, um, you don't you don't sound Latina enough. You don't look Latina enough. You're, you're very fair skin. Uh, you don't speak Spanish on camera. Uh, why is this? And I'm like, what? <laughs> it, the, the things that you hear and you don't, you're just sort of like, oh, okay, uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell. You know, it makes you question your own self. You're, you know, there's a lot of that that has gone back and forth. And I really do think it's just the people that you keep around. And it's sort of like, then if you don't want me, I don't know what else to do for you. Like, this is who I am at this point. I can't change colors. I can't do anything differently. But I think I've just, I've gone through it so many times. And for some reason, people keep hiring me to talk about sports. And so I'm just going to keep doing it until someone stops hiring me, you know, and, and lets me into a newsroom. Now, you talk about being at ESPN. We've heard many people, you know, uh, talk, you know, have good experiences and some people have bad experiences. So from your standpoint, what were some of your good and bad experiences by working at ESPN? You know, ESPN was shout out to rob king he was the one who really brought me in he was overseeing sports center at the time and i remember um he found me from national geographic i was the manager of their social media for national geographic channel and i had made waves like i definitely i remember when i first started at national geographic i i remember taking numbers down a few just to cap like keep track of what i was doing and i remember their facebook page for nat geo wild was three hundred thousand followers and in one year I upped that number to 6 million. Like you don't even see numbers like wow. that ever. And there was no paid, like I didn't have paid promotion. I didn't, this was all organic, me just trying things out. And I was interested, like me as a sports reporter, like I always had sort of those same skill sets that I use in other spaces in my life, right? And so when I took this job at National Geographic, I went to the guy who hired me and I was like, I don't know animals. I don't like, this is not my background. I know media. And he goes, honestly, you're interested. You're going to fact check. Like you're a reporter. You know how to fact check. Like that's something that's important. And like you have good writing. Have fun. This is supposed to be fun. And I want you to use your creativity in this space more. So this man allowed me to be myself for the first time, really, in my, in my career. It was at National Geographic. And I succeeded because of it. I'm, I... Like the Chicago Bears played poorly in football. I was watching games as I'm the manager of social media at National Geographic. And so I tweeted out one Sunday, the at Chicago Bears aren't playing well right now, but we have real Bears playing <laughs> on at Nat Geo Wild. And I succeeded because I was like cross-contaminating. Like who knew that people who watch sports also liked National Geographic? Now we know people watch HGTV and also love Bill Belichick, you know, like these things happen where we're not just all about like oh, football all the time, you know. So um, it was a it was a change and a shift in that. And I was really excited that I started there. And a year went by Rob King, the head of Sports Center, a black man, you know, one of the only black men that's really kept a position high up at ESPN. He's still there now, mentors me. And um, and he he found me and was just like, I love what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. You're the person doing this behind the computer. And I'm like, yeah. And we see this now, like people are getting pulled. Who are those social media managers getting For pulled sure. to be on camera? And, but like, I was probably one of the first ones, but it was weird because when I got to ESPN, I mean, you think about the people who had been working there and mm -hmm. the prestige and like how 
a, a level of expectation to be there. And to be quite honest, I don't necessarily know that I was there because I didn't have, you know, you know, grinding my teeth through all those levels of local news reporting and working up markets. I didn't have that. I didn't have the, um, the privilege to really even know how to navigate those places because when I got out of school in 2008, I graduated from Syracuse, the market crashed. And as someone who really didn't understand what was going on, I didn't have the connections. My mom is a public school teacher in the Bronx. My dad works for the projects. I didn't have people in my family to go, oh, here, let's talk to this guy. Or here, you were part of this sorority. Here's a connection. I didn't have any of that. So I was like, I guess I need to find a job to pay bills right now. And I worked at a, at a restaurant on 42nd Street, Grand Central Station. So I felt like a big failure for a really long time. I, I would say, you know, had I had those opportunities or had someone given me, I would have done that. I would have worked local markets. I couldn't even afford the jobs. Like, I mean, local news reporters make, what, 15, 20 bucks at that point. My parents weren't going to support me to pay for an apartment, pay for any of that other stuff and have me move to the middle of nowhere. Like, th those are very obscure things that you know i'm still a young kid who just freaked my parents out going to syracuse university now i can't find a job after claiming <laughs> oh i'll get a job going to this school and it didn't happen so now they're going to trust me to go do that somewhere i mean it was a tough and we're very tight-knit right like right. latinos you don't leave home really and and so that's how you get married usually <laughs> you challenge the system a lot and i think i had challenged it to the point where i was also like maybe i'm not doing this right so I really do think going back to the question of like ESPN, I think colleagues that allowed me to, I had enough. I deserve to be at the table. I just didn't have the same skills that everyone else had. I was allowed to eat dinner, but I didn't know how to pick up the fork and knife correctly. And that was sort of my tough balance of being at ESPN because I had the skill sets. I had the ability to figure it out and I did and I did it on live national television every morning but I was learning and watching the people next to me oh okay you use the salad fork first and you do the I I was learning that in real time and I think maybe my experience would have been very different had I had more of that stereotypical uh way to come to ESPN but I do thank the people that I worked with because they did kind of it was that first round of people that got hired that weren't necessarily the stereotypical journalists, but we're also finding skills, uh, skilled people with those, you know, skill sets, I should say, from different places now, not necessarily grinding through local television. So with everything you've been through, Serena, um, you, you created your own lane, basically. You know, you, you went off of pretty much survival mode, but you've made it work yeah. for you. What would you tell your younger self about the pros and cons of trying to break into the business as a Latino woman that's had to go through so much adversity. What are the pros and cons you would tell your younger self? Bro, like go be an architect, go do <laughs> something other thing. Like go there. be a like go work at HGTV, go do something else. I still think I'm gonna have a career change at some point in my life. And you know, like there are days where I'm like, I'm gonna be a bartender. I'm good at talking to people. Like, I don't really care. Like I still get storytelling uh, on the real, you know, I, if I look back at my younger self, I'd be like, muchacha, you figured it out as much as you could and you should be proud of yourself. My dad, Angel Morales, bless him. He had me crying one, one day years ago. I'll never forget this conversation. I had um, just you know, the ESPN uh, firings, like there was like a mass firing mm -hmm. for multiple years. I was oh, yeah. part of that where I wasn't necessarily fired. They ended my contract um, or they didn't pick up my contract. And I was I was in a low. I was like, man, well, what am I supposed to do now? I hit my dream job. What am I have to recreate my next dream? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Mm. And my dad uh, said to me, he goes, I never thought you would ever get to this point. Like you surpassed what I thought you would even do. Like if you had mm -hmm. even worked around Yankee Stadium, I'd be like, wow, good for you, Linda, you know? And he's like, you have already exceeded my expectations that I would have had, that I had for you since you were born, you know? And and it, it really brought me to tears. It still makes me emotional because, you know, I do think back to like, this man bought me a Fisher Price freaking swing to put in the hallway, mm -hmm. you know? like. 
we there were nights in that building on the Grand Concourse that were tough, and right. I had no concept of it. <laughs> no, not like to me that was all normal. And you know, you you have your culture shock. So of course, I would say like, yo, keep the strength, man. Like if you you know, look back at yourself, like the crying, you'll you'll do it. It's normal. The mm -hmm. it's healthy. I wish you know we allowed ourselves as black and brown people to cry more we don't because we think it's strength and courage and i understand that we have to you know hide it at times to get through things but yeah. i would say like if i looked back grind it out like if whatever strength you find whether it's in eating a dollar slice of pizza or it's talking to you know a friend that you know like a lot of the guys that i played baseball with growing up are still some of my best friends and um they're guys that still are like Serena. We saw you physically grinding it out on a baseball field. There's no way that you can't grind it out mentally now because mm -hmm. we saw you do it for so long. Right. We'd like to thank Serena Morales from Bally Sports for taking time out of her schedule to join us here on the NH Experience. To hear more of the full complete audio, including does she think Aaron Judge will return to the Bronx and be in pinstripes, what she did in her former career, and what goes down in Serena Morales' DMs. All of that and more on the full, complete audio. Make sure you follow us on all of the streaming platforms. That's Apple Podcasts. That is Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and where you can find fine podcasts for free 99. Coming up on the other side of the break, would you let your significant other take a trip with their ex along with can Cardi B and Madonna share the same space? All that and more on the NH Experience. You're checking us out here on SiriusXM. Slam Radio 145. Keep it locked. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to the NH Experience here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145, final segment of the show. Nick Hamilton, producer extraordinaire, Jake Warner, back in the building. Man, I'd like to thank our previous guest, Serena Morales from Valley Sports, yes. for joining us here on the program. She was fire. That was fun. Yeah, she was fire. She, she spit hot she fire, son. <laughs> she, she, she was 62 home runs deep like her man Aaron Judge. Yes, no doubt. She, she definitely knocked it out the park for sure. So appreciate <laughs> Serena Morales. And make sure you, you all check out her new podcast that's available on all the streaming platforms. Mm -hmm. Now, Jay, you know, we did so much talking, man. I worked up quite an Ooh. appetite. So what do you have in the cooking in the kitchen this week? Man, time to serve y'all up. Let's do it. It's always something to talk about. Let's check out the Moments Brunch. What's cooking this week, guys? All right. Uh, Ray J. <laughs> He's back in the news again. Ray J and Princess in a recent argument stated... She involved herself in threesomes sometimes because she loved him and wanted to keep the relationship together at the time. How far would you go to satisfy your mate? I don't know if I'm going to go that far. It depends on how deep we are. Now, this is just a situational <laughs> thing where we're just situation mates. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, we we'll spice it up, maybe do some stuff like that. If it's like a real solid relationship, yeah. When it as it like this is the person I can see myself with for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. and I'm not, I don't want to share her with anybody, but I may want to do some other, you know, things <laughs> that keep the bedroom lit. Then that's what I'm gonna do. 
I can't sit up here and definitively say that let's say my significant other wanted me and let's say another woman constantly in the bedroom. And in order for me for me to keep an eye out on her, I gotta participate Man. in a threesome. That's yeah. crazy. That shit, that shit is wild. That is wild. <laughs> like you need that every single time. I I can see that as a one-off, but like every single time, like, did you even like the girl you was uh, you know? in your situation with or your marriage like to me that's asinine you know i to me it's actions it doesn't necessarily even have to be anything sexual to satisfy me you know i've gone as far as jumping on a plane because somebody wanted a hug and a prayer jumped on a plane did it and came right back home i'm not gonna say it's asinine because everybody's relationships are different i mean look at ozzy davis and ruby d at one point in time they had an open relationship yeah. Until they were, so they they decided to cut it off and say, okay, it's just gonna be about us. But beforehand, they had an open relationship. This this is the legendary couple. So yeah. Izzy Davis and Ruby D. Couple goals, you know. And they used to get it in. <laughs> they were getting it in. God I, bless their souls, but they were getting it in. I, to me, if it gets to that point, why even be with somebody? Like I, I'm not gonna be with somebody if I have to share them. I'm just that's me though, you know. But is it sharing I, though? Is it sharing okay. or is it is it partaking in something of a delicacy that people it's that partaking, a particular partner likes? It's partaking, but it's you're sharing the person that you love with someone else for the sake yeah, but of. Is it, but is it sharing though? To me, it is. I'm okay. not. I'm not sharing nobody with no, no. And if I'm gonna be in an open relationship, I just stay single and date. Like that's me though. You know, I take relationships very serious. Look at look at old faithful Jake over here <laughs> now from State Farm. Hey, look, you, you old know faithful what? Jake over I, here. I'm a faithful guy, but when I'm dating somebody, it's just you and me. I don't need nobody else to spice up nothing. I'm the spice. Your mom. I'm the spice. Your mama and your cousin too. That's right. <laughs> so Go on the strip on Vogue. The, right. <laughs> Moving on to the next dish. All right. Cardi B recently called out Madonna after Madonna said she opened more doors for women in the industry. After the two talked, Cardi B revealed in this. What strides have these two done for women in the industry, or are they both blowing smoke? I had a beautiful conversation with Madonna. Um, and I'm glad that I had a conversation with Madonna because, you know, I am sensitive. Like, y'all already know I'm a sensitive gangster. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes when I read things, when I see things, like, you know, I just be like, hey, yo, what the fuck? And, like... My feelings was a little hurt because to me, Madonna is not just not no regular, regular artist. She's actually somebody that I really look up to. I'm a fan of all of her songs. I perform her songs in my talent show. She's my mom's favorite artist. She's one of my favorite artists. And I always appreciated what she did. Um, I just feel like she's an amazing feminist woman. And I'm just glad that I had a talk with her. And it was a beautiful talk. And, you know, my feelings was her, bitch, because I love her. Listen, both things can be true. And I know that, that Cardi B kind of took it. Like she said in the audio clip, she did take it personal, which she shouldn't have taken it personal mm-hmm. because Madonna never called her out directly. She never name dropped. She never said Megan Thee Stallion or Nicki Minaj or Lil' Kim or whoever. She just said what she said. She didn't name drop. She didn't mm-hmm. put anybody out there. If you took it personal, it's because you took it personal. My thing is this, if you felt like you've opened doors for women in whatever particular way you felt like you did that, kudos to you. I think Madonna, obviously Madonna crossed the line because back in the 80s, this one is like, things were very conservative. So for her to do the songs like Like a Virgin, she dressed very provocative. I mean, I don't think Cardi B would have even been accepted in the 80s. Oh, no. No way. You know what I mean? No way. Uh, the way Madonna had to fight and knock down stuff. So I think just like we say, Little Kim and Foxy Brown opened up doors mm-hmm. for women in the industry as far as that particular type of ra- racy rap. You know, I mean, Little Kim's poster is still iconic to this day. Oh, yeah. That that Little Kim poster is still iconic to this day to the point they were trying to ban record stores from hanging that poster in their shops because of, and she had on a bikini. Mm-hmm. Like, mind you, she still had on a bikini. There was nothing showing, per se. Right. And I, they wanted to ban. This was in the mid-90s. I, I truly think these two got together and said, 
Let's make some noise. You know, Madonna's doing a lot of stuff to be relevant. She's looking thirsty out here. It's like, all right, look, you had your time. And I appreciate you. You're a trailblazer. You made great music. You've done a lot of great things in this, this life, in, in pop music, okay? But your time has come and went. You know, you're in your 60s now. You don't have to do this no more. Like, you've done enough. You don't have to do this no more. See, this is the problem I have with people like you, Jay. Ah, people like Why me. Why is it? Why is Who it wants to see your grandma ex- running around doing all this? Hold on. Hold on. We always quick to put an expiration date on women. But when the Rolling Stones go out there old and decrepit and out there on a walker with <laughs> Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, people flood the arenas to go watch the Rolling Stones tour. It's not the music, but though. When see- Madonna, but when Madonna does it, or any other woman up in age, Cher, Madonna, no, whoever... No. It's always about grandma's dish. Your time no, is passed. No, no, no. That. But see, the Come Rolling on, Stones man. are only selling music, not sex. Okay? Madonna's trying to be sexy. The no, well, I'm telling you, it's the music. And, and most, most of their fans and are men. Is, what, but but with Madonna, it's she's trying to sell sex. It's nothing wait, to do wait. with music. Have you? Do, can you even tell me what she's released lately where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm checking for her music? No! She's trying what to be the, sexy. What have the, the Rolling Stones released lately? They don't, I can't get no satisfaction. They don't need to, though. But that ain't about but, sex. That but, ain't about music. But they're not sex. on here doing thirsty pics and doing all this other stuff. She Bro, is. Have you, this, have you seen Keith Richards when he has his shirt open and them tight leather pants he's, and he's trying to gyrate himself? He's, he's so high half the time he doesn't know what he's doing. Understand? That's not my problem. <laughs> I'm just saying she's out here looking thirsty. It's good hip out. <laughs> and you want to blame Madonna for listen, what she's doing? Come listen, on, man. You no, got, you can't, that's the contradiction. It's not I'm ageism, sorry. man. I don't care how old somebody is when it comes to their singing. But I, as a almost 50-year-old man, don't need to see somebody out here barely gyrating themselves just to look relevant and try to... No, she's using Cardi B. Cardi B's using her for clout. It, it, that's how it is nowadays. Because it's all being played out on the internet, bro. And that's how people do things to market themselves now. I'm just saying. I get it, but I think so many, so often I think we blend those lines because a lot a lot of people have done stuff for clout chasing. I don't Too know much. if this is clout chasing or not, uh. but I will say, I will say it's very interesting that these two had a conversation. And like I said, both things can be true. I think if Cardi B feels like she's done some stuff for women, kudos to her. If Madonna feels like she's done stuff for, for female artists, especially back in the day to current, kudos to her. The same thing I said about Lil' Kim and Nicki Minaj. Well, of I don't think those two should be beefing. At all. I don't think those two should be at odds. I think they've all done things significant in, in their lane, much like we give props to Queen Latifah, MC Light, Salt and Pepper, um, the Brat, yo, and yo. the list goes on. Yeah. You know, Yo-Yo, uh, Rhapsody, Remy mm-hmm. Ma, um, you know, a lady of rage, mm-hmm. just countless women that continue to, you know, Lady London, um, you know, uh, just countless artists that have that have definitely, you know, represented for the culture. I think everybody has their own lane. I think all can be celebrated and appreciated. The I same agree. thing with Lotto. I think people can celebrate Lotto uh, in that space that she's in. I don't think everybody has the hate, whether you like Lotto or the City Girls or, or don't like them. Um, I think everybody has it's enough room in the on the pie plate where everybody can can spread their wings and really do damage and really represent their 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 lane of what they're contributing to the culture. Absolutely. So we can agree to disagree on some things, but I, what you just said, I 100% agree with you. You know, it doesn't have to be the way it is. You can have your own lane and do your thing. Because look at Rhapsody; she doesn't sell sex, but she's sexy because of that to me. And she's gifted; she's lyrical. You know, Madonna can go off of all her songs and not have to show cleavage right now. She's already done it. Like, what do you have left to prove? But that's just me. All right. Stop so, hating on Madonna, man. I'm not hating on Madonna. It's just <laughs> calm down over there. Like, you know, it's getting cold out here. You, don't you know, her, all that skin I mean, her, shout out to Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion can absolutely rap. She like, can she rap, can but, but rap. she chooses to use, you know, what's visually stimulating, which, hey, I get it, but... Ain't a bad thing to have. It's not. It's not. So, all right, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, 50 Cent. It's been in the news quite a bit lately, but uh, he released part one of an eight-part series uh, looking into the most notorious family in history uh, in the BMF. 
Uh, the BMF documentary, Blowing Money Fast, is an eight-part docuseries offering a never-before-seen look into the lives of Demetrius Big Meech and Terry Southwest T. Uh, Flannery, who founded and led the BMF amid the crack explosion of the 1980s. How interested are you in watching this docuseries? I think a lot of people are interested. I oh, mean, first of all, yeah. 50, 50, the series is still going on as far as the entertainment side yes. of the series. With Big Meech's son, Lil Meech, playing him. Looks just like that, him, that. to a T. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, he, <laughs> and he's a good actor, too. Yes. Like he, But I know he took he spent two to three years, I believe, in acting class yep. that 50 Cent set him up with. So yep. he definitely took that very seriously. And you can see it oh, yeah. uh, in his acting ability, which BMF, the actual series, returns uh, in January. For Can't wait for two. that. Yes. But this series, I love it because it's almost like what BET did, the, the Death Row Chronicles. How yes. they, interviewed certain people that were around death row uh-huh. had Suge talking about it um and that they had big meets actually doing the same thing Suge did like talking right. from jail cell on the phone about his experiences what led him because i always say the why is just as important as the actual action so yeah. why did he create bmf what got him and his brother involved in it and what did mm-hmm. they deal with and the level of poverty and 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 the disenfranchised communities that many of us have come from yep um you know, a lot sometimes turns you to choices that you're trying to survive. And these brothers were trying to survive mm-hmm. um, and build a better life for their family. Um, and I love the fact that they have his mother actually speaking about and telling you the backstory of both of these young these brothers, because I think that's also as, as important um, to really highlight and talk about. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I, I, I wish it was longer. I, yes. I know it's only 30 minutes, but... I wish 50 would have made this an hour long show per episode because I think it's definitely worth that much. But see, 50 smart. He, he, think about what you just said. He he made it half an hour to make you want to mm-hmm. see it more. That man's a marketing mm-hmm. genius, man. And yes, you know, he is 50. I say what you want about him. Some people don't like him. He's very polarizing, but the man knows how to promote something and he knows how to keep being, you know, his his name relevant out in these these streets, man. He's a master marketer. He's the king of petty. So I, I love it. Two, I'm here for all of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> gotta love it, man. Shout out to to, to Fifty Cent, man. Absolutely, for, for creating Absolutely. an empire uh, beyond just rap music and and, and music. Yeah, period. I, I mean, he's, he's definitely created a television entertainment empire. Man. Absolutely, and that is the moment's brunch. Now let me ask you. We talked about this a little earlier in the moment's brunch, but I want to ask you a specific sure. question. Now ask you're me. out. You. You're out here. You're you're a dating man. I am. I am. Okay. So let's say you hooked up with somebody. Okay. And they were still cool with their ex. Okay. And they want and they go they take trips with their ex. Are you cool? Are you comfortable with them going out of town Mm -hmm. with their ex? All right, there are some there's some there's some rules here. There's there's some things that that we'd have to go oh, over. Okay. Number one, okay. If they have kids together and they travel, I'm okay with that. However, how are the uh, accommodations? Are y'all staying in the same room, same bed, same all of this stuff? You know, it it have it, it depends on what the situation is. But if y'all just saw each other, you know, and you want that old thing back, nah, I ain't with that. That's just me. Well, Jada Pinkett Smith recently revealed in an interview that Will Smith, her current husband, uh, takes trips with his ex-wife, Sherry Smith, or Sheree Smith, whatever, Mm -hmm. I forgot, I apologize Mm -hmm. if I mispronounced the name. Uh, Obviously, those two were married. That was Will Smith's first wife. They had their son Trey together. Uh, Then they ended up divorcing and then... Later, mm-hmm. about a year or so after he ended up being with Jada Pinkett. Mm-hmm. And Jada was like, yeah, they go on trips together. They kick it. And she was just so nonchalant about it in the interview. I'm just like, yo. That whole family, like, bro. That whole what family. is going, what is really going? Now, if you're, now, then again, they, their question's a level of security. Because mm. she could be secure in the fact of, hey, that's your ex. You still married to me. We still got these businesses going. We still live, we know we reside in the same house. So regardless of what you do on the road, you still coming home to me and vice versa. Mm, right? But trips, bro. Now, that, mm. But now, here's the, here's the interesting part about it, though. I don't know if I'm that secure. 
No. I'll be honest. No. Because if you're going on a trip with your ex, right? And I'm talking about just casual trips every now and again. Now I don't now I don't know how often they go out on trips together. Will according to Jada, Will Smith and his ex-wife. But I am not gonna be comfortable with you hanging out. Now, no. if y'all hang out somewhere in a public place, you know. Y'all catch up because y'all still cool and y'all still friends like that. And y'all right. going to a very public place. Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't like no candlelight and wine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sit down. Okay, cool. Whatever. Y'all talking about going out of town together? Y'all can stay out of town together. But the, the sun has grown. So, like, that's not a... Mm, nah. But they go out, but they take the kids out. They're, I think she said also, too, if I'm not mistaken, they also go out with all the kids. I see that. Right? That whole so family. I don't, mm. I don't know, bro. I know, I know what Nick is comfortable with, and Nick ain't comfortable no. with you. If your, your ex is an ex for a reason, now if y'all cool, congratulations. Less stress in your life, less opportunity for gray hairs to come through your scalp. I get it, but there's no way in no. West Hell I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, baby, go ahead hang out with your ex in in Barbados or. Dominican Republic or wherever y'all going, Hawaii. Just hit me back, touch, call me, let me know y'all touch down. Uh-uh. Bro, let, let me tell you from you me. You out of town with your ex-champ, you can stay out of town. Let, and the locks, <laughs> by the time you come back, if we staying together, the locks will be changing. Your shit will be out on the pavement. Bro, let me tell you real quick, man. But, you know, real <laughs> quick. I, I went through a situation like this. I went with my ex-wife and our kids to Orlando to go to Disney World. I was dating someone at the time, and she. I told her, I said, look, here's the number to my room. I have my own room. I'm not staying with them. They're staying with family. Um, we're going to go to Disneyland, and then when I'm done, you know, if we're not having dinner or anything, that's it. It's a wrap. I'm not hanging out with them afterwards. It's strictly for my kids. She didn't have a problem with it, but I did find out work wouldn't give her time off because she was trying to come out there. And I said, this is for the family. I have nothing to do with my ex. Don't want her. Don't want to be with her. Nothing like that. So I can see both sides, you know. But I, I don't understand. Your, your kids are grown now. That whole family just does whatever to stay relevant to. They're, they're like Madonna. They're just throwing their, their names out there for no reason. I'm tired of Jada Pinkett Smith and that stupid red table. I want to set it on fire. I'm tired of that whole family. <laughs> you know, I already got problems with Will Smith, but, you know, whatever. I'm just tired of hearing about them. Period. I'm gonna say for the record, I have no problems with Will or Jada Pinkett Smith at all. I um, do. This is I, Jake Warner saying it. it. This is this is entertain. <laughs> this is thoroughly entertaining. See, in the words of my man from Training Day, <laughs> I read the paper. You know why? Because I get entertained with this bullshit. Now you entertain me with your bullshit. <laughs> that Alonzo. That's how I feel. I feel like Alonzo from Training Day. You entertain me with your bullshit. Ah. That's how I feel about ah. this whole situation. Yeah, so okay. anyway, uh <laughs> happy Halloween to everybody out there celebrating Halloween this week. Jake, are you dressing up? Are you are you dressing your kids up? What you doing? Well, you know, my kids are starting to they're not really into Halloween. Um, and I'm sure the couple parties I'm going to you know, I'm going all the way out of my comfort zone. I'm going to be Jake from State Farm. I have the red shirt, the khakis, and the name tag. So, <laughs> you know, that's my go-to because I don't. Oh, that's a stretch. I know, that's right? Stretch, I know. I know. Yourself. You know, but, you know, I think I'm better looking than the guy that plays him. So, you know, whatever. But, yes, that's what I'll be doing. What, what about you, Nick? All righty then. Well, I know my son's going to dress up as probably somebody, some character, some Marvel character. So, I got to get ready for that. And then also, too. I will probably dress up. Now, I'm not sure what costume am I going to wear this time. <laughs> um, am I going to wear the new Captain America costume? You know, the Falcon turned mm-hmm. into the new Captain America. I don't know if I'm going to wear that. I don't know which costume I'm wearing. I might, I might be, I might be M- Mookie Betts for <laughs> for Halloween. I don't know. Well, you know, I um, sometimes could look like a uh, Mac Ten, you know, or a washed up West Coast rapper. I'm not saying he is, but I can look like one. You know, I could play Mac 10 and Bismarck Key and Forrest Whitaker that had a baby. And, and, I just and, want and the candy. I, I get to come up on candy because my son don't really 
Know what he did to November first, bro. You can get get it get it all for like almost pennies. I on get the it dollar. for I get it for free when we go trick or treating at the mall. Well, that's dad the tax. I'm away for, it's dad the tax. Hell, what the hell I'm gonna wait that for that for that for? I'm just gonna go and just because I can get what I want, not what, what they they want to give me. You know, hey man, I said I cipher through it, so it's all good. <laughs> I got to pick the candy anyway, so I might as well just cipher through it all. But anyway, you guys have a happy mm. and safe Halloween. Yes. I'd like to thank our special guest once again, Serena Morales from Valley Sports, for joining us on this program. Yes. If you miss any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download and subscribe to us on all of the streaming platforms for free 99. It's Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere you find fine podcasts like this one here for Ari Rose. Producer extraordinaire Jake Warner. I'm yours truly, Nick Hamilton. The best 60 minutes of your week is now in the books. Until next time, take care, stay sharp. We in the wind like paper planes, y'all.